passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live, everybody. Welcome to a very special evening edition of the Cafe Hangout. Welcome, everybody. John Pollock here, along with Wei Tang and Mike Murray, representing the Toronto Blue Jays and Jushin Thunder Liger, all together, as well as uh, Plaid. So, thank you so much, Mike. <laughs> I got my uh, full Canadian regalia on here. Yes, I understand. You had your, your stylist working overtime That's today, right. getting you That's ready. Right. For... The girls picked out my shirts and my hat for me today. This so. is a big primetime appearance on the it Cafe is. Hangouts. It is. I want to look good. Um, they said white socks. You guys can't see that, but I'm wearing white socks. And uh, Nora picked out the Liger shirt and Viv picked out the Jays hat. So I feel comfy. I feel good. And as we've seen, the, some great picks in the past uh, from G1 contests as well. So That's right. They, they, they know, know what they're doing, right? They, so. they know exactly. Their tuition is a, a strong one. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to, uh, again, our special live edition of the Cafe Hangout here on a Thursday night. We're doing this a bit later to chat about the Super Showdown. From Riyadh on Thursday afternoon. What a show we are going to get into. Um, Mike, how did you feel about this Thursday afternoon pay-per-view as we uh, we put you to work and you had to take in this three and a half hour monstrosity? Uh, did, did you like the, the Thursday afternoon viewing? No. I'm not not, not, not the, the concept <laughs> of this time slot. The concept of the Before time slot, I'm, the I'm not a big fan of. No, it's it felt very unnatural to watch... Uh, such a long show at that time live uh, or just close to it. Um, although I wasn't really, it was, it was fine. I, I'd not, I'm going to give it a thumbs in the middle. This is the first Saudi show that I've watched all the way through. Uh, so I'll have, I'll have my input. I've kind of picked a couple matches from other ones in the past before, but I haven't sat through a whole one. You know, I thought I would enjoy it a lot more than I did, but like I I'm kind of with Mike. I was really out of my groove. Like, I didn't feel like I really had the energy. Maybe it was just the show itself as well. But, like... I haven't talked to you at all about this show. Nope. And we can... I can give you my thoughts overall, but (laughs) I... I hated this show. Whoa, really? I I hated it, too. Really? I did not enjoy it. I thought I was going to hate it, and my kids were actually making fun of me for having to watch it. You know, I'm really glad you're on the show, then, because we can can have some dissenting It's not that I loved it, for sure, but I was like... It was fine. It felt like a house show a oh, lot to me. That was the problem. House shows are fun, though. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. And, okay. uh, you know, not to just uh, paint the entire show with, with one brush. But, you know, in terms way of just what the overall attitude is towards these shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel that they're... I think certainly the first two shows were, were the ones that had the, the most resistance from the most amount of people. That Agreed. The first show... That was largely that propaganda piece that people 
you know, even if they didn't go into that show with issues with this deal, saw that show and suddenly it was a light shining on them of, wow, this is what they have entered into. And then the second one, after the Hoshoji murder, it was just such an awful, awful event, just everything surrounding it. Do you feel that there was such negativity that it hit such a fever pitch that these shows this year in comparison, you don't have that that lightning rod issue that they did in 2018 that the WWE has strived for kind of an attitude of indifference for these shows because I don't sense the same amount of, I think people just take these for what they are. They don't really enjoy the fact that the company is doing these shows, but it is, you know, they've eliminated the propaganda elements on the shows and not given people um, a lightning rod to really jump onto to be upset about. I think they're very conscious of that, you know, much more so than obviously the first one. But starting from the second one on, I think um, they, they're they very aware of how publicly they may be perceived by putting on these shows. And that's why I feel, you know, you still don't see a big deal made out of these shows, at, at least, you know, in the body of Raw itself. I mean, they're just a generic pay-per-view that, se- that seemed to be promoted. Um I I I feel like this was expected, you know. Like I I think you know the Hoshoji murder kind of put everything in the forefront, but um, after that, it, it wasn't going to be as topical. Um, and so I think they expected that, you know, they expected that to be a storm that they had to weather so that they they can continue putting on these shows and making, uh, you know, that the huge amounts of money that they are for all of these programs. And uh, I would say they've largely kind of you know that that's kind of come to fruition. And this one as well, the timing. I mean, this is a a real difficult stretch for them because all of a sudden they have the elimination chamber in like a week, 10 days, 10 days, 10 days. You have to turn around. So you have pretty much two episodes of SmackDown and and one Raw to put that whole pay-per-view together. And who knows is going to be available for SmackDown tomorrow, right? Well, I guess that's, you know, a logical question is that, you know, the hope is that there's no travel issues this time, but after the last one, you have to certainly have that in the back of your mind for for Boston. Now there was also less talent on this show than we've yeah. seen in in past ones. No, you know, fifty man Royal Rumbles. No gigantic. You know, it wasn't the entire roster that was over there. And you have to imagine that that might have been a, a bit strategic to hold some people back. And and I, I think it'd be irresponsible not to have a plan B for SmackDown if. There is a worst case scenario like last time. Well, definitely not a lot of SmackDown talent over there this time, no? Yeah, you had, you know, Reigns and Corbin big ones, and yeah. Bray were kind of your big ones on this show. So uh, going into this show, we had uh, a one hour kickoff show um, <laughs> to get some analysis of everything that was to come. Uh, one match on the kickoff show, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows against the Viking Raiders. Really standard match. They went nine minutes, 56 seconds. I thought, like, Ivar seemed to be the only person that really got any kind of um, reaction from the audience. He used his beard to to rub into the face of Anderson and then eventually got a hot tag, hit his handspring, double back elbow to Anderson and Gallows, and then missed a moonsault coming off the top, allowing the OC to hit the magic killer, and they got the clean win on the Viking Raiders. It was weak. This was a, this was this was probably the I best match of the whole. Virtually nothing Dude, to say about yeah. this. Match. It was a match, man. Like, yeah, I guess this was a house show match. It was fine. I don't, yeah. I don't. I mean, I guess the, if if I had to offer any sort of analysis into it, maybe this was just a way to simply rehab the OC following you know uh, two singles losses to Ricochet in the lead up to this. Right. Beyond that, it was a match. Like I'm probably going to say for most of the matches that we're about to talk about, and started the trend of like this crowd. This was a pretty. 
subdued crowd for an entire show. <laughs> See, that, that's how I felt. Did you feel that way, Mike? Yes and no. Like, okay. there was times where I was like, oh, this crowd's, like, really into it. Then I'm like, what happened? The bottom, like, sometimes, I, sometimes I don't know if I really trust my own ears. Because, okay. like, I can I can watch a show and be like, man, this crowd was dead. Or, like, this crowd was really great. But then other people will watch it and they'll feel differently. So I don't know if it was just, like... There was definitely I, pockets of this crowd that were pretty rowdy at times. But as a whole, I thought this was, like, one of the more dead crowds we've seen in a long time. Especially for, you Even know... Even in um, Saudi Arabia. Now, this was uh, an open-air stadium of some sort, right? I don't... Was it open-air? Yeah, I think I so. With all think that so. I think oh, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. But there was no stands, per se. Everybody was, like, on the floor, right? At least that's the way sure. the, the yeah, setup because this was like actually a venue change. They were at a stadium, and then okay. a few weeks ago, they flipped it over to this, which is a smaller setup than what they originally had. Right. Um, and I don't know what the reason was for the change, but... But they had a huge stage there. Like huge. Oh yeah, and the, the pyro in this, like virtually everybody came out and it's had a huge pyro. pyro. Yes, like everybody. The pyro budget was insane for this show. It was enormous. Like this was a WrestleMania style budget uh, for for the entrance. Like you don't even get that at WrestleMania where no. everybody's coming no. out to to the like pyro. New Day, huge pyro. Yeah, it was enormous. Before uh, we get off the kickoff show, yep, there was one other thing I want to talk about. Was was um, Heyman cut a promo, pretty much burying Ricochet. Like, no chance. Ricochet has no chance. It was amazing to watch, like, the buildup and what ultimately the outcome was. And usually when you get the, you have no chance, I, I you think get something, right? At some point, they made the decision to just, you know, yeah, like, you're right. Typically, like, any anytime Brock Lesnar faces a perceived underdog, they, they would do their best to perhaps, you know, talk up the underdog somehow. What yes. do you think? This time, at some point, they just decided... No one's buying that Ricochet could win this anyway. So let's just like go the other direction and just say what people will probably assume that this will be a squash so that maybe they'll think that it won't be a That's squash. That's some deep thinking of the most <laughs> cynical fan. Yeah. That's like they're burying him so much. He's going to win. Yes. Um, but that's what I was thinking. Listen, I'm like, okay, I'm like, we're going to get a surprise here, right? Listen, There's I, no I, way. I, I knew it was going to be bad for Ricochet, but I couldn't imagine it was going to be what we would get. Um, so sure. that is still to come. But and yeah, we, they, they were even pushing like this is a. Uh, this is the 30th uh, anniversary this month of the Buster Douglas Mike Tyson fight, yep, and Heyman Heyman brought that up, yep. and they didn't even really utilize. I, I think like Heyman was trying to like throw that out as you know the the chance that Ricochet has as a Buster Douglas to upset the heavyweight champion. But now that that video package they had at the end of Ricochet kind of talking because mm -hmm. you talked on Monday night uh, Ronda Raw about they didn't do anything. With Ricochet, right? He didn't uh, get a he promo. He beat Gallows. But, I know, yeah. but he didn't get no, a chance no to kind of like, no yeah. promo. Not like but, the guy going for his championship. No, but they put promo. this nice, I thought the video package at the end was pretty good. Oh, right? yeah. And you're like, okay, you got a chance to kind of say a couple things where he's comfortable and the sound sounds good and everything's like in a, in a good environment for him to look good. Nice highlight package. It's two minutes before the pay-per-view starts and we get this video package. So like, if I was paying to, to watch this pay-per-view, I would, why? What's the interest? See, I don't know if if they expected many people to be paying just to watch that match. No, of course, yeah. I think they this at some point this just became an exhibition for Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and I think they just wanted a, a baby face that we can beat. That you can't put a nobody in there. It's got to be somebody that's at a mid level, mm -hmm. and that was where Ricochet checked those boxes to be the. I mean, it was like that. This was somebody they could the sacrifice. Choice. Yeah, that was his role yeah. on this show. The main show began with um, the 4th of July fireworks here. Uh, just insane. And then we had the Tuake Trophy Gauntlet match. Uh, the prestigious. 
Yeah, this was re- the, prestigious. the prestigious Twake trophy every time out of Michael Cole's mouth that it was clearly everyone clearly an initiative that is the prestigious Twake. <laughs> I counted seven times during this match That's because it was it was sticking in my mind. Like, why do I keep hearing this in this match? Seven times someone said prestigious. I have so many words to describe this gauntlet match. Prestigious is not in the top. Is it strength and fortitude? Because that's what the mountain symbolizes. Because we were told that several times during this forty minute or so match altogether. It was uh, there were a lot. <laughs> we started this off, and the guy who was going to run the gauntlet was, of course. Our truth, yeah. Like who? What, what better babyface to run the gauntlet here and be the glue in all of these matches uh, throughout? So first up is Bobby Lashley, and Lana walks out all covered up with Lashley, turns around and walks to the back. Ten she seconds. Did, she did this uh, one of the prior shows too. Yes, she did this. Yeah. I think on the, I think it was the last one, but um, no accompaniment ringside. No, that he, is so a weird. hell of a travel day. For 10 seconds. I was going to, that, that was like my first note here. What can her payout be for this show? That you would go. I'm sure it's decent. Ah, dude, for a walkout. For a 10 second yeah. walkout? I, I don't think it's. It's the travel. How much travel time are you talking? It, Zelina Vega didn't have to go over for this. Nope. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I, dude, I don't. I have. I and don't Rusev know. wasn't there, but I'm assuming Rusev probably made the trip too. Maybe she does like PR. Maybe, I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure, but she shouldn't, like, if, if they're. She did. It's not like this is the first time she's done No, they this. did it with her. Uh, this was her second time, at yeah. least, uh, on one of these. So she just walks to the back. Graves threatens us that because it's a gauntlet match, this could go all night long. Threatens us. <laughs> Truth did his Cena spots, then uh, got hit with a flatliner. Lashley missed a spear running into the corner, tripped over our truth which was a metaphor for this entire match. And then Truth stacked him and pinned him in five and a half minutes and then got beaten up by Lashley afterwards. Truth is bleeding because he's got cut on the cheek. This was the first of just a rough series of injuries for poor R-Truth, who just got mangled in this gauntlet match. So he's advancing. Andrade is out next, uh, minus Zelina Vega, who we mentioned was not there. And he goes after Truth's arm. And we fast forward to the finish. Andrade is setting up for his discus elbow, and they mess up the timing, and they crack heads, and Andrade goes down like he is just in pain. Truth is grabbing his head and just falls on top of Andrade. One, two, three. The announcers are confused. I'm replaying this. Just, what happened here? And they clearly just bonked heads and went right to the finish. I thought it was supposed to be like a comedy spot. No, wasn't this the intended finish? I do not think this was. Um, they wouldn't have just like went for the pinfall if it wasn't like, I, uh, dude. If this was the intended, that, finish, that's that's what's so awful. concerning. Like, is that in <laughs> in, in, in dude, an if this was a Three Stooges routine if oh, they came yeah. up with this? Well, like, what was the first thing with Lashley? It was just as as yeah, you know, silly, kind of right? That's why I thought it was. So to con- like, so you know, how do we have our truth beat Andrade? And they decided to come with this inadvertent headbutt situation that. <laughs> Was terrible. This was so stupid. <laughs> oh man! Like for so- and I was really surprised that we were getting this with both Lashley and Andrade because they're two guys that are typically ranked pretty high up and protected yeah. uh, quite quite a bit. So I was really surprised to see them go this route with of all people, our truth. Our truth and Eric Rowan were next. They did the the cage falling off the step spot, and then Rowan just pulls out. Um, was it the? Steps that he used here. Yeah, the steps. And gets disqualified. Two minutes, 25 seconds. It not was... a prestigious trophy for Eric Rowan to be going how, after. How do you get that cage through international customs? It got a visa. Come on. 
That's short notice. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think like. Carry on? <laughs> the, well, they, they know people here in Saudi Arabia, people, of course, right? Okay. You know, flight, the, right? This match needed uh, someone to carry it because neither of these two was doing it. He yells at him for trying to hurt his friend when the cage falls off the steps. It's Rowan's thing it. now. I know. Like he loses because he the, the cage he gets, gets distracted by the cage. Yeah. But, you know, the the first Lashley one I thought was, was already pretty bad because the, the roll-up looked so slow. Yeah. Second one was terrible because of the headbutt. And then this third one just... A, a DQ finish. I, on I can't top of remember it all. three worst matches in a row on a WWE pay per view. You'd have to go back years and years and years. I can't. I, like this was just three of the worst matches I've seen on a WWE pay per view really? in succession. I thought this was awful. You I thought, thought this was okay. no. I, I thought it was fine because I'm like, this is comedy. It's our truth. It's comedy. That's fine, but, you know, I, but I wasn't laughing at any of this. I didn't find it this to be that we find novel funny, comedy. You know, but I think you could do comedy though, but. To do it with Lashley, Andrade, and Eric Rowan, they treat Lashley like garbage. They not have wasted not in a in a in a in ring setting. Yeah, in storyline, storyline, but brutal. But he he always wins at least, or at least you know gets like he he's portrayed as a, a bit of a serious threat, and certainly that goes for Andrade as well. Yes, and Andrade's first uh, reappearance in how long? Thirty days. Thirty days. Um. R-Truth and AJ Styles was next. Uh, the audience really woke up for AJ. Like, they saw him as a star. Styles did uh, some of the worst dancing techniques here. <laughs> I mean, the only style he had was in his surname. Uh, this oh. ended with uh, a calf crusher to Truth, and Truth tapped out in 236. But again, more comedy. I, I thought Andre, uh, AJ was incredibly entertaining yes. in this role. And I loved the idea that, like... This show is the most expensive show that the WWE is producing all year. And it's filled with like AJ Styles not wrestling, but for the bulk of his night dancing like this. So Rey Mysterio's music plays. And I'm thinking, okay, we've I've just endured like a horrendous 15 minutes. We'll get Rey and AJ. Cut backstage. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows have attacked Mysterio and he is left laying. The crowd naturally chants for The Undertaker that they were not hiding the fact that he was there. Styles declares himself the winner by forfeit, but the referee would not raise his hand, and Mike Rome announced that there would be a 10 count, and if his opponent cannot make it to the ring, Styles would win by forfeit. They cut backstage, Gallows and Anderson have been attacked, and a mysterious figure walks by all in black and enters the arena. It's The Undertaker. He gets into the match, he takes AJ, choke slams him, and pins AJ in 19 seconds to win the prestigious Tuake Trophy. And I guess this is the kickoff of their angle. I was very surprised that this was the way they went about it. Um, and I think the idea is that, well, AJ's going to have his excuse for losing and you're going to get the real match that they're hoping people want to see at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But, man, I just thought this match was just structured so weird. And it, the idea to put our truth in this role was really perplexing. I mean, when you look at the layout, okay, he is one of the only baby faces, but you would expect of all people to get that spot. To, you would expect it to be Rey Mysterio. Unless so, there was some problem with Rey. I don't understand why Rey was not in that Was role. Rey even there? This could have been filmed in Winnipeg because yeah. all four of them were in Winnipeg, and that would seem like a hell of an expense to bring Rey all, all over, over here for something you could have taped in Winnipeg, and Ray just makes Ray that Ray was in Winnipeg? I don't know if he was in Winnipeg. I'm just saying that's where Undertaker was. Anderson and Gallows were on Monday. Yeah. You could have brought Ray there and just filmed it there, as opposed to bring Ray all the way over just for that. So yeah, there would be like another long trip for nothing, right? Yeah. 
potentially to bring him over there. Yeah, the only other uh, you know reasoning would be maybe they really wanted to promote this twenty four documentary with our truth. There's that but, aspect of but it. That, no, I don't just think did so. a tremendous job. No, but like see, I, I think that's what our people think of our truth as comedy now, right? Yeah, Straight but you up. don't have the comedy guy go over you know three of your. Uh, you know, r- relatively well-protected acts. I, I, and on top of that, this audience did not get into it. No. They didn't pop for any of these, like, you, you got know, a surprise huge finishes. rap entrance. You got to do his whole song. Right? How, how about normally see. How about the major thing? Like, Undertaker and AJ was the whole objective yep. of yeah. this match. Um, Pinning AJ in 19 seconds. Like, I, I don't think we're at an era where it's like it, it helps or harms a guy. I don't really think it's that big an issue for AJ to come back. He he whines about not being ready. Undertaker wasn't in the match. And the hope is that, okay, we know we're getting a real match at WrestleMania. I still would have done this differently. Like, AJ wins this thing. And then under he's cutting a promo. Undertaker appears. You could have. Well, you where's could've... the heat, though, if he doesn't stop AJ from winning it? Uh, it's the Phenom stops the Phenomenal one, right? Yeah, that's, I guess that's like, like, I think number one, I think they had to have Undertaker do something to AJ to to have AJ want to get revenge. Secondly, I think part of the idea is as well as to have this prestigious two-week trophy um, go Defended to, at WrestleMania? No, but, uh, you know, have the first victor be somebody that uh, I think the crowd really wants. Do you think we're ever going to see the like, trophy Like the again? prestigious... No, trophies that anderson gallows won like <laughs> or the belt true. that braun won from the first yeah like, which has never been recognized kind of since like, so but those have been won by baby faces well, i guess gallows, gallows and anderson and it, it's true yeah i mm. feel like even i, I don't think we'll ever good, hear this trophy again i think this is a good payday for the undertaker i guess i don't know why you want to see uh styles and taker i i want to see it i know but, as a challenge for aj styles and really a challenge for the undertaker if storyline wise like why do you want to see this Right, you you just he just got squashed. Does it need to be? I mean, I think well, that, well that that's the point for this story. Like, did yes. this did this angle and pinning AJ in 19 seconds uh, drive you if you weren't sold on this match to want to see it? Plus, so, how do you get into a tournament when you weren't entered? Huh? Explain that to me. Well, that's uh, AJ's way, promo. You've just written it for him. We're way past that. Like, logic <laughs> no, in WWE I mean, tournament. What, what I was going to say is uh, the humor part. I find was was fine. I was okay with it, and this was actually nice that something is going to come out of this that they have to follow up on. Right, that we're oh, going to yeah. get a storyline coming out heading towards WrestleMania. I think as an introduction to AJ versus the Undertaker, I, I was perfectly happy with it. Yeah. You know, anytime you have the Undertaker make a surprise entrance, it, it'll save any segment that you that that might be burning. Um, and and I I like the match. I'm looking forward to the match. So I thought this was just a grand way to you know dress that up. My biggest predicament is at the end of the year, if I name the To Wake Trophy Gauntlet as my worst match, or I break it off and pick one of these five. I think you can name the whole match. Can I name the whole match? Yeah. They'll be worse. Come on. Uh, well, uh, this was only match number one on the main show, so we had more to come. <laughs> Kofi Kingston and Big E cut a promo about the Miz's uh, theme song lyrics. I came to play and lift, listed off a bunch of games. And we had Kofi and Big E against the Miz and John Morrison. Dude, this will be the positive. This crowd actually started chanting, hey, hey, ho, ho, Miz and Morrison. Yeah. And that surprised me. I mean, they got, they, there was this group. And it was like a, couple rows facing yeah. the hard cam, they dug Miz and Morrison. And mm-hmm. it was one of the more heated aspects from the crowd. But it was just, it was like 5% of the crowd that was making the noise that I exclude them because the rest of the crowd, they were like on their hands for a lot of this. Right. Uh, and that was just consistent throughout the show. I didn't think it was necessarily indicative of who they were seeing. Just um, it was a toned down crowd, except for these guys who mm-hmm. came to see Miz and Morrison. Um 
Kingston uh, came off the top, did a double b- foot stomp, sending Morrison into a power bomb from Big E. And then New Day hit the midnight hour onto Morrison, and Kingston went for his diving trust fall to the floor. Miz oh. got out of the way, oh. and Kingston killed himself. Sorry oh my God. This was a frightening bump to be taking. I don't see that on our show, that bump. Oh, I, you shouldn't be seeing this anywhere. I, I was hope, like, I hope Kofi has a great payday coming off of this show to take a bump like that. That oh. was that was insane. Yeah, this was the uh, the Why? bump. Up the, Do you think that was the match intended? Yes. Yeah, I have to because there's no way the Miz would just like. I don't know. He looked. Move. I don't know whether it was confused or like didn't know whether he should shift left or right at that moment. But but the idea was to. I mean, it didn't take out Kofi for the finish, which yeah. I, no. I thought it was going to. I That's mean, he did. I he thought, did come right? back. He should not have come back from that bump. That was the, like lights out. You're done. Um, Miz then hit a skull-crushing finale, and Biggie kicked out of it. That was another thing. On this show, they did, like, a Bailey-to-Belly kick-out spot, a skull-crushing finale kick-out spot, and, like, those were clearly constructed. Um, Zigzag with Mansoor kicking out, and these near-falls got nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, they were all designed for those instant pops, and they really didn't get them. Kingston got sent into the ropes, and Morrison hit him with a chair that the referee missed, and Miz rolled up Kingston holding the trunks. 1258, Miz and Morrison win the tag titles. I thought the tag match was fine. If this was on TV, I think it would have gotten a way better uh, response, but there were at least like 20 guys in the crowd that were really into Miz and Morrison. There was a chin lock that got a this is awesome chin. I was like, you gotta be kidding. This crowd, I mean, for the lack of heat, they were very liberal with their their, this is awesome chants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I felt the story really was just how how over the Miz and, and Morrison were in Saudi Arabia, uh, and I would say I think there's a chance that this could bleed over to um, uh, Western audiences as well because I think they are just fresher right now than the New Day, and it looks to be probably some multi man tag team match for WrestleMania. The Usos are involved, maybe another team, right. but that would seem to be where they're going here, and that seems to be where New Day is headed nothing i mean they got to get a lot of people on that cart right so yeah and that's probably where they fit in byron saxton interviewed seth rollins and murphy and discussed the moral compass of the street profits angel garza umberto carrillo garza tore off his pants and he applied a camel clutch and yelled to the crowd shut up which they proceeded to acknowledge (laughs) and (laughs) obey for the rest of the show um, Carrillo hit this high cross, was hit with a drop kick, stopped the wing clipper, and then Garza hit a super kick. Carrillo came back with a horrible looking destroyer, and Garza yeah. was bleeding from the mouth. There was a lot of hard way on this show. Um, Carrillo went for a sunset flip, and Garza just hooked onto the legs to block it and pin Carrillo. Um, 9.05, Angel Garza gets the win. Um, I thought sloppy in some spots, quite not at the level of their match on, on Raw. They certainly were, were trying hard in, in this one. But I agree. It kind of just felt like a, a match that was thrown onto this show to fill some time. I think Carrillo's like like almost there of like kind of breaking through and he just needs like – I thought at the beginning of this match it was going to be like the coming out party for him because I thought he started really hot and then everything kind of got sloppy in the middle and then you get the frustrated loss at the end, right? Um, but I think it set up good for the tag match for Monday. I think the, the in-ring's there, but I think they have a long ways to go to – Make him like a, a compelling character, yeah. for the crowd. Um, he's I think, just, his, I think he's his just works, a guy. His his work and his his move set that he has that's fresh and new, and we yeah. we haven't seen like step one, step two, step three. We know all his moves and how everything's going to be laid out in a match, like some other guys. We but you need more than that, years, though. Right? Exactly, for right? But that's what makes it kind of fresh, right? Where you know, let's say uh, AJ, you, we, you end we up know like Ricochet, gonna, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the problem. It's Where like, you know what the big move is going to be, and they want you to hit it every match, right? It was a really quiet crowd for this match, but the biggest chant I th- I heard was like an NXT chant. So probably that same group of people. Um, yeah, there seemed to be like a crowd who were like, they were, they were like their the smart- WWE hardcores. Yeah. They had like the We Want NXT sign. and. Yeah. Um, um, but I, did did we see a Canadian destroyer in this? Yeah, um, barely. I don't Dude, think we should call it Canadian. They it, just called destroyer. It was, it was the quietest reaction I had ever heard to Canadian destroyer because it was a really bad looking one too. Well, yeah. anytime you like do any sort of flippy move, at the very least, I would expect some sort of reaction. But this was just like I, I, I'm guessing these are just like two like maybe relatively new stars that the crowd didn't really see as that important. I think that's fair, but I think it was like John said that Canadian destroyer was like more like a somersault or like a Nintendo. Like <laughs> it was terrible, like that move. Seth Rollins and Murphy against the Street Profits. Um, to me, this was like just ten and a half minutes of like I just never really got into this. Um, Dawkins got the hot tag, hit the did his like comeback. The Rollins and Murphy teased a double pedigree spot, and that got countered, and they hit double DDTs onto Rollins and Murphy. And Ford hit that awesome looking frog splash, just yeah. gets a ton of height off of it, and then went for a Topecon hero, was caught, and Rollins and Murphy drove him into the barricade. The referee was dealing with Murphy inside the ring, which allowed Rollins to hit the stomp. So both our tag title matches, we get um, pretty much interference here. And Rollins hits the stomp. Dawkins is laid out, and Murphy pins him 10-38 to retain the tag titles. For me, it was, you know, the same story. Good match, flat crowd. And I think that did a lot to perhaps take take away my focus from the match, unfortunately. Um, again, there were sections that seemed to be into it, but the stadium at large was just didn't get into this at all yeah i i think it it, it dragged down the match a, a lot for me and it's it was sort of just um it was, it was there just like a forgettable match i thought on this yeah part. it was a pretty flat match i think and i don't whether the crowd would have helped at all the next one i was surprised by this we had dolph ziggler and monsoor and monsoor got like a respectable reaction coming out but this was not what we got with cesaro the last mm-hmm. time where monsoor was hulk hogan circa 86 um in terms of a baby face um, the referee ejected Bobby Roode early on, um, so he got more screen time than Lana. That is one thing he can <laughs> uh, he can boast. Ziggler was in control. He was playing like the really like cocky heel here, doing like all, all the stuff you would want to really build up for a comeback from Mansoor, who avoided a famouser, came back with a slingshot neckbreaker, and then slammed them off the shoulders. Then came out of the corner, and Ziggler hit him with the zigzag. Mansoor kicked out from it, but it was just sort of just another kick out. Mansoor then hit an inverted slice bread, so pretty much ending in a DDT, and then a top rope moonsault. Dolph Ziggler's ribs up were probably staying back in Riyadh because they were not coming home with him. This looked awful for Dolph, and that was the win for Mansoor at 9 minutes and 18 seconds. And oh my god, I I cringed watching this finish for Ziggler. That just looked like it sucked, man. (laughs) Dude, there was some... There was a lot of sloppiness on this show. Like, there were... Several guys that got busted open. There was this. I just thought from a a typical WWE show, it was just a level you don't typically see in spread out on this show. This match in particular, that stood out. There was a lot of kind of sloppy transitions. with Mansoor did not get over like he did the last time. Even with the the post-match, he did the big promo, and he's got a very good delivery. And just did the ultimate babyface promo that I dug down deep, and you helped me get through there. And you've proved to WWE that they're ready for a Saudi Arabian superstar. Like, it was everything designed to just be loved. And I'm sure there were parts of the crowd that were really into this, but on TV, it didn't sound all that 
all that loud. You know what I was loud, which I really liked, was Ziggler's trash talk throughout this match. Like the way he just kind of berated him during it. It was amazing. You could hear it more because the crowd was so quiet. I guess. <laughs> Ziggler, was a, Ziggler was a great opponent for yes. Mansoor to try and recreate what they did with Cesaro, but this yep. fell short. Yeah, for some reason, the Cesaro thing, I think, maybe did better. But I, I, I also ultimately feel like the crowd at this point probably wants Mansoor in more like higher stakes situations not just matches that are put put together at the last minute against some random dude on the bottom of the card like Dolph Ziggler you know? it's almost like this character that's like just he only shows designed to pander Arabia. to yeah. an yeah. audience like where this guy doesn't exist in to, uh, except for two nights of the year I, I I wonder if like the Saudi Arabian audience is starting to see through that I was thinking the same thing I mean thing. they there brought it people, up was... Graves brought it up like I'd like to see this guy do some stuff with us well, so then they probably will I'm pretty crazy. sure there was people booing in the crowd some of the like the the smart marks that were out there yeah closer to the ramp no it was another match Brock Lesnar and Ricochet for the Universal title. Heyman did the introduction for Lesnar, giving out the spoiler that Lesnar was going to win. Like, this was <laughs> something else. Ricochet comes out of the gate and just gets dumped down onto the mat by Lesnar. Doesn't even get any kind of offensive flurry. German nothing deadlifts Ricochet, which was apropos in terms of that description. Put him on his shoulders, F5. One minute and 29 oh. seconds. Oh. Brock Lesnar wins. He just dusts himself off and walks out. We knew this was going to be very much, you know, there was no question of the outcome of this match. But I would say putting Ricochet in this match, it at least gave even the biggest cynic that at least you could have seven minutes of like Brock being a base for Ricochet to do some fun stuff. Brock does great with these smaller guys. There was nothing here. There was there was not even a morsel given to even the, the most optimistic viewer out there of Ricochet having anything. And this to me is the kind of performance like this presentation that it really does pigeonhole a guy where you clearly see where they see Ricochet and why am I going to invest in this guy because I know they're not behind this guy in any meaningful way. He even got like a new uh, new gear for this show. Yeah, he was in trunks tonight. Yep. Got rid of the tights. The way they started this, um, they promoted this match really, I think, uh, call, called upon at least one near fall. And I think it, like if this match had at least like one believable near fall from Ricochet, yeah. Ricochet could have been fine coming out yeah. of it. He could have hung his hat on that and say, "Hey, I I almost beat Brock Lesnar." Instead, this was this was like the Kofi thing, but like and the Cain Velasquez thing. Yeah, that too. Sure. Yeah. Although, like, like I th- I have like nothing to come back with, and even have like like AJ has more of a gripe than Ricochet would. I think I have more faith in in both Kane and even Kofi. Like, you know, eventually make getting some sort of recovery coming out of this. But Ricochet has not been established in any way. He's not a big guy. He is just now like he's he's kind of like you know bottom tier level. Yeah. Like I'm not even joking. It's <laughs> you almost could have used. I know he's on SmackDown, like Heath Slater or Jinder Mahal, <laughs> that it's like, at least it's like, okay, he's Drew's legitimate buddy from back in their days together. Like, that's almost better than this case for Ricochet, who you could at least argue, that for all intents and purposes, this guy should be way more over than he is. But they've just beaten him like a drum at this point that I, I just think this this really slots him at such a low position that they really need to have some grand plan to come out of this show with him because... He just felt so damaged by the end of it. Four suplexes, one F5. Was it? That was it. Brutal. King Corbin, Roman Reigns, steel cage match. Uh, Speaking of brutal. (laughs) Rampage Reigns came out with his chain around his neck. And Corbin just jumped him. And 
They had a match that was largely based around Reigns trying to hit the Superman punch and Corbin continually having a counter for it, whether it be the deep six, uh, choke slam. He kept stopping him at every chance. And then he pulled out a key and he could open the door. And then the doors open and the referee keeps the door open and the announcers are explaining that he can exit the door. So why did he need to hide a key? The key was for the chain with the lock on it. Was that what it was? Yeah, and it was in Reigns' pants. But they were going to open because they were explaining it like he was going to go out. The, I was so confused. The door, so the door got locked by Reigns with the chain and he brought his own lock. That was the thing that so that the rest would not be able to. But the rest would have to unlock it to let him out of the door. That was pinfall or submission. Reigns was like, no, you're not getting out of here, Corbin. So once the, he opened the and door, he had the, the rule was there that he could get yes, out the door. Reigns he, was eliminating that option to exactly. eliminate. And he brought his door. own his own equipment and he hid the key in his pocket, which okay. know, Corbin you, was rummaging around for. That Did makes you? that does make <laughs> more a sense. little more sense. Yeah. I was very confused. <laughs> the match this. basically became <laughs> looking for the key. Get the key pants. out of Roman's <laughs> pants in order to escape the cage. Yeah. This well, was this was a terrible match. Um, it was just it was there. Um. Reigns eventually got the chain and hit the Superman punch with the chain to pin Corbin. At least this was a finality to this program. It went twelve fifty. You think this is the end of this program? <laughs> it has to be. I think the program they keep was saying over. it was going to be the end of it, but I don't think it is. It was already over, and for some reason they just needed something for this. And I, I thought this match was pretty insufferable. Um, it, number one, it was a feud that I think was already extinguished because oh. you were already done with the dog food stuff. Crowd didn't really this, get... should, this could have been the dog food match. Of like course. that that to me was like yeah. the peak step of this whole feud. They could Agreed. have peaked it to end at at the show, but but they didn't. And I, I can only assume that they didn't plan to do this or they didn't really have I don't know what they were planning. But I think as well, this was a really limiting um match type for both men. Like I actually enjoyed the Falls Count anywhere match these two had, but to put them into a cage with without too many other big props other than a lock, a key, and a chain, I just I no think, moonsault off the top. I think you just kind of like made like handicapped them in such a way to to just not really play on either man's strength. This is also the within a six day period, the WWE is doing three cage matches on TV. Yeah, this being the first, the NXT ones will be. Very different. I was going to say is when you compare this cage match to the one we saw like just over a week ago on Dynamite, right? A bit different. It was a bit different, but not even taking the moonsault into account here, but just the use of the cage is like uh, a storytelling aspect. I mean, when when WWE's gone like no color, right? No blood. um, It's taken a lot away from cage matches and Hell in a Cell matches. Right? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of the drama away, which when we were younger, you, that would be like oh my all God, the pieces happen, have to right? fit in place. You have to be in a, a, a part of a storyline that people actually care yeah. about. Yeah. Cody, everybody wanted to see Cody move on, beat Wardlow in order to get to MJF. The win meant something. This There's, win meant nothing for anybody. To to some people, this this Roman Reigns story, there are fans in the audience that still really dig on Roman Reigns. Sure. Whether they're I like you know, Roman 10 Reigns years old or they're like three-year-olds. Yeah. There's people who really dig on him, right? Baron Corbin, on the other hand, has like – when he was in NXT at the beginning, it was like kind of like the monster heel. There was something there and they've taken everything away from him. And he's just this boring, silly, goofy, like Burger King looking guy. He's this heel that they, they're they very short on that they can just throw into any of these positions that, you know, for the lack of options, this guy's been married to Roman since since the, the draft at this but point. 
when he was when he was on top on on Raw for X amount of time, right? Like that ratings went way down, right? And they've been dragging this program for like three months, four months, that, yeah, say. like like October this started. They yeah. they started this like right away on Smackdown, whenever they seem Fox. to get on him, he like gets the same role and is in the same position for like months and months and months, and like. We cannot be the only people that are kind of sick of seeing him in this position. Well, what do you see him doing at, at Mania? Like, I don't know what they have planned for him, but it's going. It's got to be something. I wouldn't say significant, but not a throwaway either. Like, I don't see him being just a throwaway guy in the Battle Royal. But... No, but it's something where he gets some sort of comeuppance and he's embarrassed at the end of it. I think that could be his role, but but with who? I mean, I'm... Cena. Mm, I, I don't. I doubt it. Um... Yeah, right now, who's kind of left? On SmackDown. Yeah, like babyface-wise, you're looking at like Brian or... Um, mm-hmm. Could be that. Ali. Um, Could be that. If you want to, him, him to come back. I mean, those are kind of your options. Or he's, singles match, or he's in the Battle Royal. Like, they, yeah. you do have to fill that, that ring with guys. Naomi and Bailey for the SmackDown women's title. They were pushing this as uh, the historic first women's title match on a saudi arabian card the prestigious historic <laughs> yeah prestigious <laughs> first, historic first ever women's. um so they came out um same deal as natalia and lacey evans where they they, they were covered up with with their gear body suit and then a big t-shirt and actually worked the shirt into the finish yes. at the end, which <laughs> I, I thought was pretty clever i love that um Naomi had a twisting pescado, and this got a this is awesome chant. Uh, Bailey then took over. Naomi fought back, springboard clothesline that she nearly slipped on, and they they called attention to it. Uh, Naomi went for her own version of the brutalizer, and Bailey reached the rope. Bailey then got up, caught her with the Bailey to belly. Naomi kicked out, and it was just nothing for this Bailey to belly kick out. Bailey hit her with a knee in the corner. Then she tied up Naomi's legs, almost like she was going for that Rhea Ripley submission, and hooked the legs underneath the large shirt that Naomi had on. <laughs> so her legs were stuck behind her back under the shirt, and she like did the one percenter, driving her head into the mat and pinned her at eleven thirty. Now this match, there was some sloppiness in this match, but I did like the finish. I thought I it was kind of clever the yes. way they utilized this. And I think Bailey, she has really, to me, established herself now as as this heel character that I think it's finally clicked with people. Yep. And you know, I I didn't think this match was great, but it seemed like in terms of audience reaction, they they did seem more into this than most on this show. Mm. I I felt it was largely the same. Like I felt most of this show was covered in in a pretty big fog of like apathy from most of this crowd. But I I thought the finish was creative. It was circumstantial. Yeah. Uh, you can only do a finish like that in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> and that I've uh, part of. You know, this was the uh, uh, I guess one of the possible matches they could have done at WrestleMania, and the fact that they they did it here. Ultimately, I think was was not a bad decision because I mean, as much as I think Naomi has great potential, I don't think she's there a regular yet. gear match. They're gonna have a <laughs> oh wow, yeah, full gear Major stipulation. Well, I think this this actually leaves it open that they could do a rematch. Uh, did you want to see this again for WrestleMania? I, 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 I think yeah. at best it's like you'd get a multiple women's match. Did you put Macy one in of them? There. I, yeah. I think that would be the. I couldn't see them coming back with this nope. on its own at Mania. I think that's the. I think that's the the way they do it though right but but is naomi a compelling enough character who else is more compelling on that well um that's not a I good think they answer have their, i know but they have their eye on Ace, lacey evans you know lacey is obviously the the big 
pushed Babyface. I mean, in terms of other Babyfaces, Alexa's had nothing for mm-hmm. a long time. Um, you've Carmella. got Carmella's been kind of introduced in that mix. Like you have uh, women that you can Sa- do something with. Sasha's out there. Sasha. Yeah. People seem to have really taken to Naomi though since she's come back at the Rumble. I, I agree. I agree. I agree, but I think she still needs a couple months. And I don't know if this match really did did it for her. No. No. And but again, it's it's like kind of this this pay-per-view out in Saudi Arabia. It's like kind of in the middle where like it's almost like an alternative like version of WWE, but then we are getting some storyline stuff out of this this show. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna carry on. My my youngest daughter really liked uh, Naomi's glow in the dark high tops mm. that changed color changed her hair again yeah that show. wasn't as b- a big uh uh thumbs up for nora but the the glow in the dark high tops for sure and then the main event the fiend bray wyatt versus bill goldberg for the universal title uh the entrances were considerably longer than the match they had a big <laughs> stare down and goldberg spears him and the fiend kicks out within the first minute the fiend applies the mandible claw he gets shoved into the corner goldberg hits another spear then a third spear and a fourth spear, and the fiend kicks out. The announcers are putting it over. It usually only takes one spear. And the fiend rises up, reapplies the mandible claw, but Goldberg breaks free with headbutts and knees from the clinch, hits the jackhammer, and wins the match. Hits the jackhammer in quotes, because it was... It was a struggle. It was a tough jackhammer. It was a tough jackhammer. Um, Three minutes, Goldberg wins the universal title, and... Heads into WrestleMania as Universal Champion. Mm-hmm. Bill looked a little smaller than usual, no? What? Um, what he Bill? looked. Oh, did no? he? I don't know. I don't know. From this like current run, I mean, he looked comparable. Not yeah. like his '98 days. Yeah. Um. Well, what, what did you feel about the decision to go this way? Like, certainly, it was going into this show. I think a lot of people were expecting this possibility. I think yeah. this definitely sets up Goldberg with Roman Reigns as your title program for WrestleMania. Uh, I hope you're glad that the face belt is away now that we've got rid of it. That that is true. Nor, Gold- Nor was maybe, really upset with the no, face maybe belt. Goldberg has like six thousand yeah. dollar belt. Uh, maybe Goldberg's got a face belt. belt. Nor was like his face is on the belt. So, but then the blue belt came out at the end. He did have the well. Yeah. He, he's been. If, but they, he, he they, wore they brought the face both. belt around his neck though. They right? bought. They brought both. They had yeah. both. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, certainly coming out of the show, this was the, the, the decision that was met with the strongest criticism. Uh, a yeah. lot of people upset that Goldberg um, was the one to beat Bray Wyatt after they had Bray Wyatt beat pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, Which I think was a combination of the the booking of Goldberg, of Undertaker, and of Brock on the show together. That I think it was easy to just look at this and kind of put them all together. Could be that, but I mean, I just see this as setting, setting up WrestleMania, and you that's know, what the show was designed. The to The same do. people that I think would have, you know, are complaining about this finish would have probably also complained about Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns happening at WrestleMania because that does not sound like a sexy match at all. No, this is setting up a marquee matchup between Goldberg and Roman Reigns, and probably Bray Wyatt versus John Cena, two be- matches that are arguably way better than I think anything that was planned. Before the original him. plans, like I'm taking yeah. those two over. Reigns and Fiend and Cena and Elias, for mm-hmm. sure. It's a better utilization of Cena. And I would argue, like, WrestleMania is always going to go towards the marquee match. Are Reigns and Bray Wyatt capable of having a much better match? Of course they are. But it's not the marquee match that Goldberg and Reigns is going to be for a greater amount of people. It's and not attracting casuals. I would, be, I would be really surprised if Reigns and Fiend weren't both winning those matches. And then that's yeah. going to be a program that they will get to. And I have mm-hmm. much more confidence in 
building up Reigns with a serious program with Goldberg for the next six weeks than I would be of six weeks of having to build up Reigns with all the stuff with The Fiend. That yep. they would have to get so creative and get Reigns doing stuff that is just going to have the audience turn their back on this guy that has been able to rebuild himself pretty well as a top babyface. See, I think this is going to go exploding in their face if they put reigns against goldberg because in terms of the audience backing goldberg exactly yeah i don't think this is gonna have but, babyface reigns coming out of this. but you that's see, a risk but hold on a second you see online right now the reaction towards goldberg hanzi is telling me that the the goldberg post uh win video on youtube has way more dislikes than likes right now oh no they can position him as a really hot heel coming out of this this show as the old guy Goldberg being another be another part-time dude taking up a spot. I think that's a hard role to put. Yep. Gold, like the, the masses, I don't think you're going to be able to. Like here's this guy that's a star to these people. Well, it's going to be really hard to get people to boo Goldberg. Don't disagree. At the same time, I don't know if the result would have been any different if it was Reigns versus Bray Wyatt. No, you're right. For sure. People right? might have booed Roman either way. Yep. Yep. That's... That was a, and I think it's inevitable. I think that they will get to that program with Roman and the Fiend ultimately. And I think for the Fiend, like I have never believed like this guy needed to have this title. I think mm-hmm. that it's just a position one step too many with the Fiend, who's a great can be a great character. And I think with Cena, that's a better slot for him long term. And I, I feel he should go over Cena at Mania. Oh, I feel pretty strongly about that. Yes, and. I think in the long run, I think that that works better for him. And he can do a lot of creative stuff with Cena. I mean, he's already lost as Cena before, right? Several that, years ago. But that, not, that not as a fiend. No, not as a fiend. You're right. And it's kind of like the old days of when The Undertaker didn't need the belt. You know, mm-hmm. you've got this kind of like weird supernatural character that you can do so much with creatively that you don't need the belt, right? There's enough other mm-hmm. like tricks and, and toys to play with. Sure. Yeah. Who though on SmackDown? <laughs> Who on SmackDown? What would you would have? On? Would you have put in this role of holding onto the belt during the down uh, pre Mania season? <sighs> There's nobody. Like they have no one ready uh, that could be this uh, babyface or heel at this point. Daniel Bryan would be the closest yeah. he would have, and I. But he wasn't going to do this show. No, no he no. wasn't going to do this show, and I, I. You know, I would have been fine if they decided like three months ago that we're going to do Brian and Reigns. Um, but again, you're running that same risk that I think your audience would have would have gone with mm-hmm. with Brian, and you do run yeah. that risk with Goldberg, I think too. But yeah. I, I'm just but looking, it's the bigger uh, match. But these were the options. The options were Reigns, Fiend, and Cena, Elias, or these two, and I think they went with the right choice in the end. Yeah. Well, I guess the other idea would was that Bray could have held onto the belt to defend against Cena. And then you would have had, you know, um, Goldberg Roman for for nothing. But which is fine too, I think. Which is fine too, but I, you could have sliced it either way. I mean, I think ultimately WrestleMania ends with Roman Reigns holding the championship belt. That was probably the intended finish <laughs> either way, if if Bray held the belt or not. So I'm I'm assuming this is just the way they want to get there. Like this this was a show that certainly if you want to be critical because. Raw, especially, has been all about we need to make new stars. Mm-hmm. And if you look at this show in a vacuum, tonight looked like, man, we we sacrificed a lot tonight. But I think if you're looking at the long game at WrestleMania, where you have the potential of, okay, R- Reigns wouldn't exactly be fresh talent. But nonetheless, it's He's like current he is guy. their guy at yeah. this point, along with The Fiend coming out with a strong win and Drew McIntyre. Yep. And those three, I think, should be standing tall after WrestleMania and hopefully going into the spring, 
that this is you are utilizing these older talents to really pay it off at WrestleMania. You don't want to pay it off here in Saudi Arabia. You want to maximize it so that when they do lose, it means something. Like it or not, you're, the part-time guys are the biggest mainstream stars. And WrestleMania is the place where your current generation guys beat the part-time guys. And people demand special matches at WrestleMania. And mm. you're not going to get too many special matches off of the roster where all these combinations are exhausted. And people yeah. believe that special matches mean Old names guys. from the past that uh, present fresh stuff like Undertaker and AJ. And that's just become the expectation level of what WrestleMania has to be. And... The fact that this year's WrestleMania card wasn't blowing people away so far in terms of this uh, of this buildup. So I think there was kind of that pressure of, you know, increasing the star power. Beyond the booking, how did you guys think Goldberg lo- looked in the short amount of time we saw him in this match? And how do you think he'll look against Roman? Uh, I hope he looks better against Roman because I thought this was a pretty sloppy, whatever, three-minute match it was. I, I thought it was – they were smart to keep it short. I think anyone arguing – Even short, though. That's what was so, was so yeah. disappointing. Yeah. The jackhammer didn't look good. The Spears no. didn't look good either. No. Mm. It's – yeah. I, I think that that match is tough with Reigns and Goldberg. Like once – I think you have to do like 10 minutes, and that's that's going to be tough. That's a long to. – that's long for Goldberg. Because I don't – oh, man. Reigns isn't going to be – Well, well tonight showed minutes. their world title matches. They don't feel the need that any of them have to be – because honestly, if I was booking this show and mm-hmm. looked at the run times here and realized this is what we're doing in the main event, I was like, we can't do Lesnar and Ricochet in 90 seconds. They have to do 12. How – yeah, I was going to say, is how did you guys feel about both title matches being so short? I mean, it's kind of interesting. This... I didn't mind it because a longer match with yeah. either of them wouldn't have helped either way. It would have helped Ricochet, the show, though, for yeah. Lesnar and Ricochet. Would it have? Oh, okay. Yeah. A better Ricochet match. Like, this was a maybe. bad show. Wrestling-wise, yeah. this was a really poor show, I thought. Yeah, um, sure. I gave it a thumbs down overall. Um, I just thought that in terms of just, like, the actual wrestling, like, booking aside, um, I didn't disagree with all the booking decisions on the show, but it was um, – Ricochet came off very poorly, and it's just there was a lot of sloppiness on this show, uh, just by WWE standards, below what you are accustomed to for a major show. That I just thought this was one of the worst shows I've seen in some time. I thought it was going to be five hours, so I was glad that it was over, just over three. Well, that gauntlet could have gone all night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I was like, and I thought as feeling like it was a house show. I liked the way that some of the the talent interacted with the crowd, some of the looks. I liked the way that. Um, <laughs> Ziggler like trash talk. There's just certain things that you don't see in your in your raws and your pay per views. I feel like we get that all the time. I disagree. Like there was a lot more like kind of interaction. I thought and just a different way of presenting it. But uh, I was disappointed in a few of the matches for sure. Yeah, like for me, there's always an air of like weirdness watching these shows, knowing like exactly kind of what they're about. But I think even putting the politics aside, you had a really bad crowd, you had bad wrestling, and ultimately, I think questionable booking decisions uh, as it relates to you know Ricochet and Brock Lesnar. Yes. So was was Brock? I understand this is a show that they because of the money involved, you've got to load up with with the stars, and Brock that means Brock is going to be on these shows. But I can't say that Brock added a whole lot to this show nor did that match add a whole lot i think it actually you know did did damage in terms of what ricochet got out of it but i think it's all about perception though and and, and it's about what's on the card you know beforehand yeah. rather than i think how it came comes across after the fact the problem is you you can't put an absolute nobody in there with brock it has to be someone who is at least serious enough that people take them in that in that role and mm-hmm. that's where ricochet finds himself he's not a top main event guy that will be protected but he's also not he's not heath slater 
he found himself in the middle. And I think it was just but a his wasted, number was called here. A totally wasted opportunity for Ricochet. Because look at what AEW's done in Chris Jericho's matches with Jungle Boy. I agree. Like that yeah. in itself, like you see Jungle Boy, Boy will like be talking about – they'll be talking about that match with Jungle Boy for the rest of his career. It almost felt like eliminating him at the Rumble, we had to double down and make Brock that much more ferocious here. And I just thought you you could have accomplished all of your goals while also not just absolutely obliterating Ricochet who – you know, when when someone loses in this fashion, it was much like Kofi where it's almost like if you're not turning this guy – that's death for a babyface to just see them fail in such spectacular fashion and telegraph it so clearly as they did ahead <laughs> yeah. of time. It was that part was just mind boggling. That was the to bad me. part, right? Where they're burying him like before it even happens. They put up the tweets of all the fans who said yep. he had no chance. Yep. And then he <laughs> and then he had no right. chance. Yeah. Shall we take some phone calls? Let's, uh, sure. let's go to the phones. Well, hold on. Actually, we have a feedback thread. Uh, so let's see what you guys voted out of ten very quickly. Do you have that, John? Yes. So tonight's uh, poll, we go for the Super Showdown, and of those that voted, gave this a 3.94. Okay. That's wow. actually higher than I thought this one would be. All right. So the phone lines. Caller, you're on with uh, Post Wrestling. What did you think of Super Showdown? Hey, guys. Uh, Paul from New Jersey. Hey, Paul. Um, I gave it a middle. Uh, I gave it in the middle, and my MVPs of this show were Braden Harrington and Davey Portman. They made this thing so bearable. It was a lot of fun to listen to them do the watch along. Um, I, th- I really do think that is why I thought it was middle of the road. Um, and I, I don't quote me on this. I think they were talking about this, but I guess Alistair Black has like certain satanic tattoos or something. And I guess he wasn't allowed to go. So I don't know if that impacts Selena Vega going. Um, but my question for you guys is like, when I look at the SmackDown ladies roster and Obviously, like, I would like to see Bailey versus Dana Brooke, but I realize for Mania that is, you know, for many reasons why that's a bad idea. And as I've watched uh, the women's divisions, I just think Bianca Belair is so amazing, and I think she should be on uh, Fox and to face Bailey. And just uh, what you guys would think of that, or is that maybe something we'll see down the line? I, I think that's definitely something for down the line. I think Bianca Belair has a, a ton of star potential. I, I think she's great. Um but but I think also I, I don't really disagree with her being in NXT at the moment right now where she can be part of that division, working with a lot of great women and and be kind of a focal point there as opposed to being brought up to SmackDown and maybe they, they don't have a plan for her immediately and she's not focused on each week. I think she could get a lot of experience just being in NXT. She's still relatively new to this. Yeah. She hasn't had that run with the championship yet. And I feel like, you know... Um, in order to, I, I would say, slot her in at the top of the women's division on Raw and SmackDown. You want to be really seasoned once you get into yeah. that role because it's not a place where you can be developing on the – on. it's still like the main roster. You're not going to be developing there as much as you will be working with different women on NXT, working their house shows that at this point, it's like they're doing – they're doing more live events than the main roster might be in once we're getting into the rest of this year. I want to see her like lead a division, you know, the, the way Shayna has, the way Asuka has, you know, and the way Rhea Ripley ha- is right now. I want to see Bella in that role to see what she's capable of I guess and then bring her in. Because yeah, sure. on Raw and SmackDown, I mean, it'll be – I don't know if that will ever happen. All right, back to the phone line. Thank you, Paul, for the call. Uh, but uh, back to the phone lines right now, caller. Would you think of Super Soda? Hi there, guys. This is Dusty in California. Hey. Um, I, I had to listen to it at work, so I didn't get to see the matches. But um, you got to listen to the it. Booking, okay. 
WWE yeah, I just radio. put the network on on my phone and listen to my headphones while I worked. Um, How did it sound? Uh, and interesting. Um, also, I'd like to say that I'm the prestigious and great post wrestling. I'm so glad to be on the radio. <laughs> uh, we don't have a trophy. I, <laughs> I'm I'm baffled by the booking decisions in general, but I also I wonder what you guys think. I I think it's time to cut bait on the fiend character because as great as the entrance is and as great as all the things surrounding it are there's not anything really deep in the character and once he has to wrestle the matches are either too short to be anything or it seems ridiculous because he's a monster person when you say cut bait would are you suggesting that he revert back to strictly bray wyatt I think, well, or they need to do something in my mind to differentiate the two. Like if Bray Wyatt and the Fi- and the Firefly Funhouse was some sort of pacifist that didn't want to fight and was trying to amend for his previous sins, and they really made that something on the TV and made that something where he was getting beat up and was sort of it turns him into a babyface, I guess, but a sympathetic character that has to turn to the fiend, to the darkness inside of him to actually get anything done or to win any matches. I think that at least makes him a more interesting character. Cause I'm not sure really the reason why he's the fiend sometimes. And the reason why he's Bray Wyatt other times. Thank you very much for the call. I, I definitely don't think it's a case where that's going to be anything they're entertaining at this point. I think they are all in on this character. And mm. I mean, uh, two observations from tonight's match that we didn't discuss. Number one, no red light tonight. Yep. Yep. They did eliminate that mm-hmm. um, much like they did the rumble match. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that hopefully is gone, gone for yeah. good because they have used it at, I think uh, recently at a dark match that they did yeah. bring it back. And second was they did have them pop right back up after, after taking the spears and the jackhammer like they did protect him in that sense, and then he just disappeared. It wasn't like they just left this guy for dead, as it felt like some finality to the fiend. Uh, although that's how some did take it with him losing where, the title. Where does he go when the lights go out that quick? Like, there's nowhere to like disappear to unless you go under the ring. Wouldn't for you, however, language would you would you not study tele- teleporting after that last trip to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> how can I get back to the states in a much easier time <laughs> than, than Air Atlas? Um, so I, I think um, I think a retooling is very possible right now. I mean, I think you could certainly go a babyface direction with him shortly. Sure. Um, because certainly the merchandise sales suggest that people really like him. And I think there might be an easy way to transition to him to a cool babyface role. I think he could do some really cool stuff with, with Cena. Maybe that's me being optimistic. Yeah, I think so too. Like just him going through John Cena's Twitter feed, I think would be <laughs> some like great stuff. Like here's the, <laughs> the, the beacon stuff. of positivity <laughs> against the man who who is just beaten down by the world and has turned his back on society. I I think this could be a really good thing for The Fiend away from the title picture yes. because that was my biggest gripe was that the show had to be centered around him and it was just this departure from the rest of the show that I think was, was a negative and it harmed him that he was in a position higher than he needed to be, that he can be his own thing in his own programs. And I think it'd be really risky to put with Reigns for the next six weeks because mm-hmm. I think he'd be put in a lot of positions where come WrestleMania time, they'd see Roman Reigns like this this goof. Yeah. And Brian was able to figure out the code. Brian seems to be the one that was able to figure out how to do a program with this guy and get a really great match out of the character as well. Back to the phone lines. 
caller. You're on the Cafe Hangout. What's up? Hello, gentlemen. This is MJ, live in New York. MJ, you're not taped? Not taped. I'm not outside. You guys will not hear any wind or sirens. Oh, beautiful. Um, Hey, real quick. They gave Ricochet more than they gave Kofi against Brock, like another <laughs> 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Why is everyone oh, it's, complaining? It's three Got 90 seconds. Yeah. Um, I at least was hoping for like him to get the flip over spot or something, but boy, that was like dead on arrival. I just finished watching the show. So I got all these fresh thoughts. Um, wait, you mentioned like the weird watching this show. Mm -hmm. I'm past that. Like at this point, it's now what, like year three or this is the sixth show they've done this show. I still get a kick. Like the kids are into the product and I think that's cool. I mean, like, uh, hearing them chant with Paul Heyman. Like, to me, that's cool. And it's the kids, and it's people that are probably our age that have nothing to do with the government. So, like, I enjoy that aspect of watching the show and try to, like, yeah, we're going to Saudi Arabia. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I certainly don't discount the fact that uh, the people there are genuinely enjoying themselves. It's just hard for me to shelve the idea of why the show is happening in the first place and who's paying for it and why they're paying for it and ultimately what the reason is that this show is happening. You're right. There's no argument to be made against the controversies of it. Just at this point down the road, I'm like, okay, it's for the kids. Yeah, it's for the kids. The um, kids enjoy I it. It's not movie. just for the kids, though. No, but when I watch it, I convince myself it is. That's gotcha. all. Okay. What so else I about the show, it. MJ? Um, I thought that I was very hopeful that Goldberg would win. Um, I'll see you guys down in Tampa. 10-year-old Mitch is, like, really excited. He gets to watch his favorite wrestler come out live at WrestleMania. And I'm a pretty passionate, like, hardcore fan, right? You guys know I love the AEW stuff, New Japan. I'm, like, not a casual. And even i rather see Goldberg at WrestleMania, the big stage against Roman Reigns. I think they could do so much with that build. You got two college football players. They got Fox. They could bring in a Fox football analyst and talk to them. Like, really sell it as two guys who have similar backgrounds, they clearly use the same move, and they have this mutual respect that I would let them have fans and let them have detractors. You don't have to have a face and a heel and just go at it as like one generation versus the next. Yeah, I think you can do a really classic build that there's going to be detractors to going this direction, but I think you can tell a really simple story that doesn't have to be elaborate, doesn't have to be Goldberg uh, driving Reigns over with a truck. It can just be a simple build, two generations, battle of the spear, and I think it can be a really simple six-week build to a match that people are going to want to see. Like, it's... It's not exactly Rock Hogan, but you can position this as something important. Something the closest big. thing they have to that level of, of like dream match. Is it the main event at Mania this year? No. Um, Drew and Brock? No. I, I would say today, I would, I would especially Drew winning, I think would go on last. But I don't discount that this, if this program really catches fire, I mean, ultimately... It's like the day of the show. They could just go with, with this. That's true. Mm -hmm. Lesnar and Rollins found out a few hours before the show, you're going on first. So it's um, it's it's really going to be the momentum the programs have. D Drew could really stall out going into um, WrestleMania. But I, I would say on the, on today, I'm leaning Brock and, and Drew to go on last. Because it really feels like Drew is going to be the one to be catapulted coming out of Mania. Thank you very much, MJ, for the call. We go to Hanzi. Hanzi, did you watch the show and what did you think? 
Uh, yeah, I, I watched the show. Uh, I, I I didn't think it was like that bad. I, I, there's some results I liked, whatever. But I don't know. I I called in a couple of weeks ago and I and I presented this like scenario. I go, "What do you guys think is gonna happen with this match?" And I don't know. Like seeing the internet reaction to it, like I can understand why everyone's getting kind of pissed off because like I mean, you built this built Bray Wyatt up as like this you know monster killer. And then, you know, I, I was hoping that there would be a chance that he would beat Goldberg. But then I'm with you, Wade. I didn't I, I didn't really want to see a, a, a Fiend versus Roman match. Like, I think there's more money to be made with Goldberg versus Reigns, even though, like, you know, the, the, the more, like, vocal people on the Internet will just, you know, go, well, it's a part-timer, another part-timer and all that. I just, I don't know. I just, I just think that, like, like I just think that it's it's a better match. I I don't know. I, I was hoping that you could do the match without the title. And if it, I don't know if Cena's still facing Elias or that's the rumor match. No. But I would have had Wyatt face Cena for the title. And then you could have teased like, oh, um, Wyatt's trying to avenge his first loss at Mania 30. And John Cena, he needs to beat Wyatt because he wants to break the record for the t- world title. You know what I mean? That's that's where mm-hmm. my mind was going. I mean, it, still- it's a viable direction that yeah. they, they could have gone and and still kept the title with Wyatt and you do have Wyatt and Reigns coming out of WrestleMania, which I, I think, again, ultimately, I think they do get to that program, but that's, that's not a bad plan B had they gone that direction. I think, um, I still think that that's a better direction than Cena and Elias, which I just thought was like a pointless match that did nothing for either guy. Yeah. That's a quick squash, right? Like, yeah. Um, and, and before I go, I just want to uh, let you guys know that uh, I would recommend watching the R-True 24. I, I know R-True's like not the most prominent character, but I thought this was like one of the more uh, human elements of him. And they even discussed him being the first black NWA champion, which I thought was cool. And with, and Paul, like, I don't know if you if you can confirm this or not, but there were rumors that were circulating that Brock Lesnar he was kind of interested in working more with R-Truth. Do you think that they could do a Mark Henry type of run where, like, they make Truth, like, not comedy anymore and, like, kind of give him, like, like, like not, like, for the title, but, like, maybe post-Mania, like, R-Truth kind of works with Brock Lesnar? Because, like, the, I, I just find it coincidental that they are presenting a, a serious documentary on R-Truth. I don't know if they're just doing it because it's Black History Month, but I just found the documentary to be kind of compelling. And I'll leave you with my. I'll leave you with that. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, Hansi. You know, honestly, like after they did the interaction on TV, if you were ever going to do that, this was a show to do it on yep. with our truth and and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Seriously, like we talked about. Well, our truth. They've got this twenty four coming out, and we have to protect him in this gauntlet. Like this to, match. Yeah, to me, yeah. honestly, I think people would have more gotten into art. the The outcome is irrelevant because the outcome in Ricochet was irrelevant, and our truth. I think there would have been a. There could have been a little groundswell of just seeing R-Truth going for this one title shot on this show. That's a total throwaway. Yeah. Um, this would have been the show to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And they did the um, thing on TV with the two of them. So, like, that's where this kind of all comes out. It's of. just really hard for me to believe that they would give R-Truth any, anything more than what we saw today. They do, and I don't think uh, it harms them. It no, doesn't harm. Right. Him. There's no doesn't. There's no not. big ceiling for R-Truth beyond where he's at that he could have lost in this fashion. But this is also a show where you don't even need to worry about selling tickets, right? Like, mm. it's in the middle of the day for the North American audience, right? That- the, the question Hansi brought up, too, and this will be interesting to watch, is that WrestleMania is not sold out. It's still doing very well, but it's not sold out. And I would say if there's some big demand in tickets, mm. you have to attribute that to Goldberg's addition to the card. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. That, to me, you would have to. Cena as well. 
Cena too. I, I think people kind of have the sense that Cena's wrestling the show, but now it's you know set in stone that yeah. Goldberg is mm-hmm. as well. So I would I would look at that, and that's kind of the argument that they play with. That if we see this, it was the year that they added Shane McMahon and the Undertaker. It was like I wasn't a big fan of that, but they sold a lot of tickets yeah. right after that match was announced, and people wanted to see that. Coming off of this show, you have the additions. Well, coming off of SmackDown, uh, you would assume that you would have the additions of the three biggest stars that are going to be on that show, and the Undertaker, John Cena, and Goldberg. Yeah. Are you surprised no Shane this year? It, at least as of yet, it doesn't seem like he will be on the we show. Cross, cross our fingers. He's done Mania what every year since he's come back. Mm. Three years in a row. So. Is that right? He was, he was back in sixteen. Are you sure he's not going to be on? Be a part of it. I mean, they just they're running out of guys. Maybe that's Baron. <laughs> Baron Corbin needs an opponent. Daniel yeah. Bryan. I mean, they have t- they have time to do anything at this point. It's not like we're so close to uh, to Mania that anything's out of the question. Shall we get to some feedback on the forum? Sure. Um, let's go. Uh, Brandon from Oshawa who writes, "They got me." I thought for sure the Fiend, when The Fiend came out with the Fiend title belt, he was winning. I'm glad they hid the real title to not make it obvious that a title change was coming. I'm glad they're changing plans for Mania as well. The show sucked overall. Does Mansoor ever have a bigger match in his future on these shows, or do you guys see him against lower card guys? The way they the way they had Graves say that line at the end suggests that Mansoor is going to be somewhat integrated, a lot more integrated. Post Mania, into- he should be just thrown onto Raw, SmackDown, or even NXT. Yeah. Like any of them, like, yeah. Just you've got him under contract. He's he is important on these shows. Utilize him because I think tonight really told you that it just seemed like this is a guy that they're not maximizing his exposure level, and this audience did not react like the last time to him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you really had something like that was quite the spectacle when he beat Cesaro, and yeah. that crowd was going insane for him. Yeah. Do you? How do you think they'll push him in stateside? You know, because here, I mean, his character in, in the Saudi Arabia shows is basically he is like Mr. Saudi Arabia. He yeah. is like, you know, the national hero. Obviously, you can't do that same thing. No, I guess I don't think anyone like their nationality should be their their only characteristic. I mm-hmm. think you just you, you integrate him like a, like any other character. He should, he should just be another guy on the roster, but he's of Saudi Arabian descent. Yes. And when we go to Saudi Arabia, he's going to be a major star. And mm-hmm. then they'll realize Think about the heat we could get if we beat him. <laughs> Something tells me they wouldn't do that with Mansoor in Saudi Arabia. Well, maybe it'll be Mansoor and Brock. Maybe that's the long-term I, I was just thinking about it. It's a 10-year deal. We've got a Jamie from Bournemouth, UK, who says, This is the first time I've watched the main roster in about six months. But being home ill, I thought I'd try it. From the start, the crowd was not into some of the matches. R-Truth was good. Ray was a waste of time. If, if he was even there. I'll, I'll try and find out. Yeah. Like, that would be... That would make sense if he didn't even make the trip over because, I mean, he did physicality. So it's not like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. look like it's an issue where he's not cleared or something. Taker almost dropped AJ on the choke slam. Crickets for Garza and Carrillo. And it didn't really pick up after that. Ricochet's entrance lasted longer than the match and they basically killed the Fiend and the Spear. Not a lot more to say. Three out of ten. All right. Uh, let's go back to some feedback here. To Alex, while the quality of the show was bad in terms of wrestling, it was newsworthy. They kept the Fiend strong, and Goldberg is just not human to win another title at this age. Amazing. That that Randy Couture gene that Bill Goldberg has to win a title this late. <laughs> Speaking of which, the man, uh, the, and perhaps the best breakdown of the walls of Jericho I've ever heard on this week's edition. Have you seen of- any of the countdown yet for Revolution? No, I didn't watch the countdown show. So they have John Moxley, who legit trains at Extreme Couture in Vegas yep. with Randy Couture and his strength and conditioning coach, and they're systematically breaking down the walls of Jericho and how it's an old catch move. Yeah. And Randy yeah. is giving like this analysis of the, the hold. And 
I was just thinking, if this was even five years ago, I'd be doing Jericho and Randy. <laughs> he can't do it Jesus. now after the heart attack, but oh my god, five years ago he totally. I think, oh. like I'm looking at Saturday. If they end up taking the title off of Jericho, like you want to have a program that's like still no. like a big. Are you kidding? You don't think they could get uh, a ten minute match out of Randy Couture with yes. like the, oh. or enough training? Yep. Not I, today. I, I, I don't think, think now. I don't you think, can't do it now. I don't think five Ra- years ago. I don't think Randy would do it. Why not? He just has never seemed to be interested in doing. He just did this prof- vignette. Yeah, but to actually wrestle a match, I mean, yeah, you're right. Anything can happen. I just, I, I guess, I hold Randy Couture in such a MMA kind of like purist regard that really? I just, I don't know. Uh, but it, it would be fascinating. You need to see some of his film choices. I mean, the man—that is, is like, true. He's open to whatever ideas come That's come very his true. way. But uh, I just thought, like the the promos were great. They even drilled like the 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 in, the inverted roll out of the walls of Jericho. We, we should add, Jericho ended up getting seven stitches for for that that, head, that headbutt? headbutt that he got busted open from. And that next thing that's going to take off for him is blank is a piece of shit because you can see he's trying to get that one over now with mm. uh with Mahomes and Randy Couture. Yeah, but he got Mahomes' name wrong too. Someone told me uh, we are clearly not football fans that his nickname is Air Mahomes. What? His nickname is Aaron? That's what one person okay. told me. Okay. I've never heard that before, but oh, whatever. Well, it may that might be untrue. I am not the person to verify his nickname, but he may have he may have said that. PJ says, "Just really happy that Goldberg won. I'm a big fan, so I shout so I shouted yes when he won. I'm also happy that the Fiend lost clean. He couldn't remain untouchable." Okay. Um Jeremy in Texas, I can't imagine people buying a show like this in the middle of the day if the WWE takes its pay-per-views off the network. The only match I cared to fully watch, Goldberg and the Fiend, I'm glad they got the belt off an unrealistic character like Super Fiend on a Thursday in Riyadh. Yeah, his his title reign went it won in Saudi Arabia and lost in Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia. We beat Rollins. Yeah. It reminded me of when they first put the belt on Undertaker in the early 90s and Hogan needed to throw ashes in Taker's eyes to pin him on Tuesday in Texas, only to be stripped of the title. Could we possibly see Cena versus Goldberg and still get Fiend versus Roman at WrestleMania? The idea of Cena going for that record-breaking title piques my interest more than Goldberg-Roman. I don't think so. No, I don't I think mean, so. Either. At this point, it's... I, I don't like Goldberg versus Cena now. It just... To me, that's not benefiting anybody. It's two part-timers. Yeah. It's just... I'm not seeing anything about Air Mahomes, so this may have been an incorrect uh, tweet that someone sent me. Okay. I I had not even heard of that name prior to yesterday. It did sound like Aaron, didn't it? Something like that, yeah. Chris Thunder from Down Under says, This show started at 3 a.m. local time for myself. UK fans, I know your pain. So I'm just going to say this. WWE are struggling to create new stars over the past decade with the true drawing potential of a WrestleMania main event caliber. So instead of having a competitive Brock Ricochet match where we could have a faster opponent word Brock down with his speed before being caught from a high-risk move and losing clean, we got a match where the pre- and post-match lasted longer than the actual bell-to-bell match itself. Then we had Fiend and Goldberg. Again, instead of a competitive match where the old gunslinger gives everything he's got before the villain ultimately wins on this day... We instead got another championship match where the pre- and post-match lasted longer than the actual bell-to-bell match itself. I'm shocked with both world titles on part-timers. I really thought they were going to, with Bray to Mania. But speaking of which, the guy the guy has such a poor record. There does it. But speaking of which, the guy has such a poor record at WrestleMania, does it matter? Um, He's talking about Bray? I don't Bray? think about Bray having a bad record I don't at think WrestleMania. It, I didn't even realize he had a bad... I, 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 I don't think he's won yet at WrestleMania. 
They never go into that kind of thinking. Does it? Like, it I yeah. don't think it matters at all. Not at all. No. Um, Brian right. from New York here. Can't say I'm shocked with what would be an obvious reaction from most of the internet to Goldberg's win. There's obviously problems with the star-making machine and some of the decisions leading up to this point. But if we're taking the pieces we have available today, and you're going to tell me we can have a very good two- to three-minute Reigns-Goldberg match or a plodding 20-minute Reigns-Fiend match on a six-hour WrestleMania, WWE 100% <laughs> made the right decision today. I mean, that's another point to this. Is like WrestleMania could use a short, important they could match. They use two short matches. Yeah. Multiple. Like I, I'm not I'm not going to get bent out of shape if they like Goldberg and Lesnar should be the ultimate goal of what they did at Mania a few years ago, which was a hot nine, 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. then they're out. And that was it. And that that was fun. Granted, that was three years ago. Um, and it's still asking a lot of Goldberg, I think, to do 10 minutes now. But I mean, this guy, when he has a match, this guy's going to work his ass off like he the guy trains like insane to get yeah. ready for these matches. And, you know, the Undertaker one was guy got concussed. It was I, I think that they can put together a a fine match. I yeah. feel sorry. And Reigns will work hard, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a given. I think there's a better chance with Reigns. I guess, you know, seeing the match today didn't really like give me more confidence that he, he'd be able to. Yeah. And I mean it it's also worth uh, like how much lead time did he have for for this one as well? Too. Yeah, like when did they turn this around and decide to give him the belt? Hmm. He had a good reaction on either way. The match was going to be like similar. Um, He goes on with the fiend. It's all about what comes next, as I don't think this hurts him too much in a vacuum. The mistake they made was putting the title on him too quick, which in turn put a ticking clock on his invincibility. Having the path ahead given to them, considering Goldberg did this to another invincible being and Brock a few years ago, should give them an idea of what needs to come next with the character to keep it strong. The Fiend never needed the title, and it should be immediately beneficial to the show to have the title freed up for other programs where he can be a special attraction in any feud that he's in. Eric from Miami says, I'm not going to write the ballad of Bray Wyatt, but if WWE thinks Goldberg Reigns is a better seller for a show that might end up on ESPN Plus over Wyatt Reigns, that's a WWE problem. They had a chance to control how The Fiend was booked. They could have made Bray a real human, a good talker, the son of a wrestler and from a wrestling family just like Cody Rhodes, who goes on the ESPN shows to promote WrestleMania and talk about how The Fiend is a rock star and it's just intimidation. Also, just like Kofi, where he lost his title in 8 seconds, WWE told us his reign didn't matter. If Bray has a mania program with Cena, they've once again told us his title reign didn't matter. And the last one here is from Roger. This show was a complete was complete and utter dog shit. It reminded me why I tend to avoid the main <laughs> roster, especially these Saudi shows. I only watched because I stayed home today and had nothing else better to do. I should have just went on a hike or something. <laughs> do you think Ricochet should turn heel? To me, he just doesn't deliver believable babyface promos, and perhaps his personality can open up a bit more if he were to become a cocky heel who does all these cool moves and then gloats about it. Perhaps he could even have a manager or hype man to cut promos for him. I think MVP would be perfect for that role. That ten- tends to be their playbook about how to build baby faces. This like, guy's so buried as a baby face. Now we can turn him. Like that turn. is like the go-to. And, and I they feel become... they've kind of hit that with Ricochet after this. Yeah, like look at everybody. Like you know, look at like Becky Lynch. You know, everybody. They don't know how to push baby faces properly, so they get them to turn heel, so that they open up their personalities, and then the crowd starts to like them. I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't know what else you do with Ricochet, so you might as well do that. Everything about him is babyface, though. All his spectacular moves. It's like he's like, such an easy babyface. Yeah. Like you thought he would have been can't miss. Like realistically, I think 
just think back to like uh i, I would have put him on right i would have seriously considered him over finn balor for the spot on nxt like i think for what they're what kind of product they're trying to uh promote at this point i think he fits in so much better there yeah. um in terms of like the wwe structure but i mean he's he's here do you want to uh, talk about ratings before we Yeah, go? we got the numbers in for AEW and NXT. So uh, both were down. NXT was uh, down 10%. AEW was down 3 But it was a commanding lead for AEW. They had 865,000 viewers, 717 for NXT. And I guess the noteworthy story is this is the first time AEW swept them in every key demographic, including uh, the over 50 audience. Uh, they tied them last week, but this was an actual win for AEW in that demo, which was always the demo NXT wins. Um, so, you know, we don't have the breakdown of like how the quarters did, but just overall with the viewership, given Charlotte Flair wrestling was one card that they had to play in the lead up to WrestleMania, they did it and it didn't help the overall number. You're also talking about, I think, a go-home show in AEW that has a lot of interest. Uh, AEW's just, to me, been on such a hot streak that I need to now see every single chapter, especially heading into the pay-per-view. And, I mean, you saw the way, I saw the way NXT opened up this week, going up against that Iron Man match. Like, they had Dom- Dominic Dijakovic versus, uh, uh, what's, what's his name? Um, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes, yes. Trevor Lee. Uh, Cameron Grimes, which, I I can't imagine anybody not like watching that over Pac versus Kenny Omega. You know what I seriously would have done? I think I would have started the show with Ric Flair instead of just doing him for the live crowd. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. do something. I mean, yeah. Ric Flair coming out for 10 minutes against the Iron Man match where people know it's like, okay, I've got a 30 minute timer there and Ric Flair's on the other network. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flip over there and then have Flair set up your next segment. Like yeah. you use these guys. He's, he's standing right there and he did a promo for the live crowd. I think that's how I would have started the show. NXT, they they need to kind of use whatever tricks are necessary because they need to they need to break up this pattern because people are set in their viewing habits at the moment. And more people are interested in AEW that you, you've got to go away from just the usual playbook that they do every week and, and come up with different ideas and charlotte was certainly an experiment this week mm-hmm. but it, it it will be interesting to see if people tuned in for that from the weigh-in segment that was going up against it because that's it would not shock me if the weigh-in outdid it me neither like jericho to me he is like the mvp on these wednesday nights well you're talking just strictly in terms of star power you're talking about jericho and moxley who i perceive to be bigger stars than bianca beller versus charlotte as much as I enjoyed that match, Bianca Belair looked fantastic, I thought, in, in the main event of NXT. Um, but um, in terms of star power and I think heading into such a hot pay-per-view, I imagine I would believe the the way in to be do, to do better. What are you typically watching Wednesday night? You watch AEW and then you wait for NXT I'll on the network? i NXT on the network, yeah. And usually, I mean, even with AEW, um, I might catch it a couple of days later. Has PVR is NXT not being on Wednesdays live for you? Does that affect your viewing yep. more so now? Totally, you're hearing about what happens and just waiting 24 hours for it. And there's just so much. Um, before when it was kind of pre-taped and it was just like an hour show, it was you kind of watch it when you were ready. Everything by the time that episode comes out, all the news had already kind of like died down, so there wasn't sort of that desire to get it out there uh, on all the sites and, and kind of be in your face every week. Whereas, you know, if you turn turn Twitter feed now, it's like, like, you got to like mute everything if you don't want to know what's going on. They also announced that March 11th, uh, Full Sail is not available. So they're doing the show from the Performance Center. 
Yeah. Interesting. Which, that's where they did halftime heat. Yep. And I guess they're opening it up to fans because uh, it's like a fan appreciation night that they're doing. But I think it's a cool idea. You know, getting out of the room for whatever reason, this was not really their choice, but the fact that they can get out of the room, change, it gives it a similar feel to, I think, how, how I, I we felt about the the, the cruise. You know it's going to sound amazing. We've seen the halftime heat there. It's, it's going to be a smaller space, but I can imagine it to be at least unique, and I think it'll sound probably okay. I'm glad to see them get out of full sail because yeah. it does feel like a bit of a stagnant environment. I would have gone somewhere in Florida that's like a bit bigger. Like the TNA place? Uh, Impact Zone? The impact zone, yeah. The <laughs> problem with that is, like, you can't re- really charge there. Like, it's just, you, you, know, have, you, you have to get, get people the... into the park and then into Universal Studios. So it's kind of, you know, you could go run, like, a university somewhere and at least charge tickets. Is and... the I mean, production when they charge travel. at Full Sail, though, it's like 20 bucks. What do they make it? But it's also production, it's production and travel costs, too. That's like, true. Everything's I imagine, set up there, right? Yeah, they've got rings. They probably have cameras. Yeah. Yeah. I'm do interested you, to see. Do you find Full Sail tired? It seems it, yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I I don't buy into like that would be my number one issue with NXT. I think that no, you know, going on the road I think presents its challenges too, and I don't think that would change things. But I, I do think comparing the environments, it's not even close. Like it's just that's a big appeal to me of AEW that these crowds are incredible each week. There is that, but also the people that are at full sale. Are, I mean, there's a good chunk of those people that are every week. Right, which yeah. is a, a which common you're going to run into when you're running the same place every single week. You're going to kind of rely on on regulars. I'll yeah. tell you though, I, I would take that any day over the type of crowd we had Tonight? on 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 the Super Showdown show. Yes, like, they're always lively. You know, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Roh and New Japan. They've also announced their War of the Worlds tour. So May sixth, which is a Wednesday, they're in Buffalo. May 7th, they're here at the Ted venerable Reeve. Ted Reeve yes. Arena. Ted Reeve. Uh, May 9th, they're in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and May 10th in Villa Park, Illinois. So no names announced, but uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling talent on this show. Wow. And I guess that'll be, um, what do we got? Three months before the Madison Square Garden show um, that they'll be bringing. What level of talent do you think we're going to see at these things? I, It's a good question. I, I would... I would definitely want to put some big names on this. Um, you know, it's it's going to be difficult now that they don't have, that they don't have Kenny, uh, <laughs> like able to come Ken, over Ken Chan? And, and do all these shows. W H Park <laughs> is on the line with us. Man, we got a late last minute running. <laughs> Hello. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness! How's it going, guys? W H, you you are joining us right now from uh, Numazu, and we want to have you on the show because. Um, just to get some of your reaction to all the show cancellations and all the empty arena matches that you might be able to uh, go watch over the next month. I might be able to sneak into some of these places. I can grease some palms with well, some of the yen I got for, uh, for my paycheck this month. How, how surprised were you that New Japan went to um, – that, that they ultimately uh, canceled all these shows? I mean, once uh, once kind of the government put out this, was it almost just – they had to do this at this point because these are obviously major shows for new Japan that they're wiping out. I think it's not that surprising because, you know, all the shows are basically canceled because they really want to conserve like Tokyo for, for the Olympics. I think that's where the, the, the impetus is overall this is coming from. They don't want this spreading any more than it, than it already has. And, and they really are concerned about, the, you know the sanctity of the Olympics of having the city be safe for for tourists to come here and you know just having people show up in in at all like I I think it's a little overblown like my own personal experience I 
there have been like maybe zero cases in the prefecture I live in, mm-hmm. Shizuoka, and and like the surrounding prefectures, like next to me is um, Kanagawa, which is where Yokohama is. There's reported cases there. There's reported cases in Aichi, which is where Nagoya is, and we're in the middle of those two prefectures. That there's, as far as I know, as of today, there's no reported cases. I, I feel it's a little overblown, but like I was just talking to Jojo Remy, who lives in Tokyo, and he says it's it's quieted down a lot. A lot of people don't go out. Um, people are not taking the trains as much. So it's it's kind of a weird thing to experience being in Japan right now with the coronavirus. Are you noticing any kind of like precautions at like your workplace, like any day-to-day things that they're they're taking extra caution for? Or is it is it largely um, just similar routines at this point for most? No, like I think people are more conscious about like simple things like washing your hands yeah. and people like wear the, the masks that are very popular here. Um, which I, I, I feel is like, unless you're sick, those are kind of useless in my opinion, but like washing hands is a, is a key thing. And I see more people doing that. I, I keep a bottle of hand sanitizer in my office and I tell all my students when they come in, wash your hands <laughs> before you touch anything in my office, not to get all like Howard Hughes about it or anything like that. How do you see new Japan reshuffling a lot of the matches that they've already announced in the new Japan cup? Um, I think they're probably going to do like empty arena matches to provide content for their streaming services, which is like something that stardom is doing for one, at least one of their shows. Um, I, I can see them shuffling things to like moving past whatever the last date is of the, the cancellations and moving it into April. Um, we'll see. I, 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 I don't see it being that big of a deal to like shift the content of the new Japan cup over into the next month, to be quite honest with you. What about, um, you know, they, they've canceled dates through March 14th. When you look at, you know, post March 14th, it's kind of like this this moving target. I mean, do you think that there is a good chance that those shows could be in jeopardy as well? Or do, do you feel that there is probably a, a likelihood that they'll be able to resume touring by the middle of March? I think these are more precautionary measures more than anything, more than anything else. As of like last night in J- Japan time, um, Prime Minister Abe just like shut down all the schools, yeah. Like and said, there's no schools until the beginning of May, which is like two months, which wow. is you know pretty pretty startling. I've never heard that before, yeah. but I, I think most businesses are going about business as usual. Like the company I work at, it's there's nothing really that different. We're talking about like okay, take precautions. If you feel sick, don't come to work. Things like that. Not like we're canceling. Everyone's working from home. No one's saying anything like that. So I think. This March 14th date is probably just more precautionary, uh, you know, just to make sure I think more of the roster is okay. And then let's see, let's go resume business from there. But if it gets more serious in Japan, I can see them extending this kind of like, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, suspension of, of business. It's also like worth noting, like of uh, these companies in Japan, like e- including New Japan. I mean, it's not like over here where your major companies, so much of the revenue is through television, like the live attendance, like that's a, that's a big portion of the revenue they're taking in that even if you're talking a couple of weeks, uh, these companies and the smaller ones are really going to feel this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like you're saying, John, like it's a it's a live business. It's a box office uh, business in Japan. So I don't know how some of these companies are going to like really bounce back from this. They're going to, they're probably not going to pay any of their talent. That's one way to save money, yeah. unfortunately, but it's, 
it's interesting. I was gonna I was gonna go to the March eighth you know, Pro Wrestling Noah Yokohama show, which was a big card, but that's been postponed. And I don't know when that's gonna be now. Like hopefully sometime before April. We'll see. Um, they also have to, you know, rebook all these dates, like with the different venues and stuff, which is probably going to be a real pain in the ass for them as well. Do you yeah, find that people are going to be canceling their uh, subscriptions? I've, I've, I've seen, seen that some, online yeah. a bit. Because that's going to be another one. I don't know. Like, up to, well, they could just like watch the archives. Like there's that's something to all these services. So I, I don't know. I, I think of this actually, this two week period as a catch up period to be quite honest with you. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, WH, I'm going to assume you, you haven't got around to watching Super Show- Showdown yet. Uh, I probably will never watch that show. No, so. no, because I want to talk to you about right. I want to talk to you about some gear on this show, buddy. Hey, what, what's the update on you in uh, Madison Square Garden? Is this still in the uh, the possibility phase? Uh, well, maybe if, uh, if they're allowing flights from Japan to the United States, maybe we'll see. That's a good question. I mean, I don't know. They're, they're I, talking I, about I, like the Olympics I, right now. Like there's, there's concern. Like they've got to start making, you know, decisions like soon about this. Like it's not till July, but that's an enormous question about all of this is like mm-hmm. the going ahead with the Olympics in July. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to cancel it. Like I think it has to get really serious. It has to be like. I don't know, like South Korea serious. It's, it's really bad over there. It sounds like the IOC will go like kicking and screaming, like uh, unless they are absolutely told you cannot do this, they kind of want to go ahead. And I mean, obviously like there's so much at stake with a, with an Olympic games that all the vested interests are, you know, of seeing those games happen. Yeah. I, I do think Japan as a country, as a government is, is doing, as much as it can to be able to preserve the Olympics. So I, I don't think there's going to be any problems. I think it'll be uh, business as usual, but um, yeah, I don't know gear from the super showdown. You're going to have to, how do you feel pictures. about, how do you feel about the Viking Raiders gear? Oh God, I think they're terrible. <laughs> they just, look, they just look like cosplayers. Like, you know, you know, they remind me of, they remind me of like, if like dark stone was a cosplayer <laughs> doing Viking shit. <laughs> dark stone. Because as as I was oh, watching man. that match today, I just I just automatically thought of you with that gear. I was like, oh man, some great trunks, pretty bad. Uh, uh, Who's on uh, Thunderstruck this week? Wh? Uh, I read Mike Spears from uh, uh, Open the Voice Gate from VoicesOfWrestling.com. He covers a lot of Dragon Gate stuff, so he's the perfect guest to talk about Jushin Liger versus Shima. Very uh, well versed in the history of Shima, uh, you know. So like great. Just a great podcast. I had an awesome time talking with Iron Mike, and and uh, yeah, it's, he's the creator of the of the rating system, uh, the Gentleman's Three. One of my favorite uh, ratings to give to any match I watch in professional wrestling these days. Well, joining uh, Bill Goldberg, Jushin Liger, and Shima can also say they wrestled in the year two thousand and in two thousand twenty. Well, there you go. Yeah, like, it's a rarefied group, isn't it? That's it. That that's that's my Gentleman Three right there. Those three. Liger, Shima, and Goldberg. There you go, John. There's my table for three requests. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have to come up with something new for uh, the G1 in the fall. You know, no more coffee or uh, sandwich ratings. We're gonna have to think of something new. Uh, I don't know the the coffee thing. I think it's really taking off. I think it's really it, this is its year that I think it really takes its uh it, its rightful place among the great ranking systems out there. But um, I, I hope I get to talk to you soon, WH. I mean, we will definitely do a show when there's wrestling to discuss. 
Well, I, I don't think we should cancel uh, post Perez for March. We should we, we can't think of things to talk about. So, oh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely we'll talk in March. It's just a question of when. I wanted to, I wanted to do a whole New Japan I, Cup preview. With I you. just want to hear you guys talk. It doesn't even have to be about wrestling. Yeah, maybe we'll just go through the news. Wh, we'll talk about the Democratic uh, race and and why uh, you know Pete Buttigieg is going to hope to make a late surge and uh, Bernie Sanders doing I, I, I an event should... with Public Enemy. You know, you know, I should do. I should just give you all the dirt from the the secret chat group. I'm not even aware of the secret chat group. So, are you in the secret chat, Mike? No. Oh, What's a chat group? I don't know, but I hear it's canceled. So, uh, WH, thank you so much for uh, for joining us, uh, getting a, a live report on the ground in Japan. Yes, yes. Thanks, John. Thanks, Wade. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you guys later. Thank See you, you WH. WH. Look at us, the what CNI of wrestling international, getting our uh, correspondence live from Japan, <laughs> right on the air with us. But that's. Uh, that's, it's enormous news, um, New mm-hmm. Japan having to cancel all these events. I mean, it throws a big monkey wrench into their plans. And, you know, as we discussed the other night, it's looking at the shows that they do have, I think it's like six shows before Sumo Hall that you you could do a 32-man tournament and break it up. And it's not, and it's guys still wrestling one show yeah. a night. You would have to do the semifinals and finals on the last night, which is doable. It's a lot in a small period of time. But the thing is, you can't even bank that they can run shows at that point. It's we could get to March 14th and it's like they're still not comfortable in doing public gatherings. So it's kind of wait and see. And you've and you're, you've got to make a decision at some point. Like, do we run Sumo Hall at the end of March if we can't properly promote it and build it up? Well, it does sound like worst case, worst case scenario, they can do empty stadium shows just for content for the for for world. You can do that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like. If you're a smaller company, you can get by, I think, doing a few of those. I think with, like, New Japan, like, maybe one for the novelty. But mm-hmm. beyond that, it's like, can you see them getting out of the country to do shows? I think it's too late. I think it's tough at this point to get everyone to travel. And mm-hmm. then you're looking at visas and stuff like that, unless you're going to places that they've already been to. It it, get, it gets difficult. So, I mean, for all hopes, uh, you know, it's something that hopefully that they can – Anyway, I, I've been like reading and listening to so much about this now because it's mm-hmm. like now that it's like an issue in the U.S., you're just yep. seeing so much more coverage in our part of the world about it. And just, you know, even developing a vaccination, you know, it can take like a year to develop a vaccination just because of all the testing you have to do for it. Just beyond just actually coming up with it. We, we need to do a whole science podcast. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get Mike for that. The, uh, <laughs> the podcast on vaccinations. Um, but I guess that's going to wrap things up. So, uh, any closing thoughts on super showdown and where your level of interest is going into WrestleMania and what to expect on SmackDown, uh, Friday night in Boston, John uh, Cena, I said Goldberg possibly too. Yeah. I would think that you'd want Goldberg Graves on the show. Teased it. Yeah, yeah. He should be on the show. And there's no reason why you would think that no one would get back in time. Right. It's a, it's a worthy question to ask. So yeah. hopefully everyone gets, I, I would imagine they were flying out right after the show. I mean, it would be like after midnight in Saudi Arabia, but I'm sure they were, they must have to fly out immediately. Um, that's crazy. Like crazy travel. That's, that's a lot of travel. Yeah. Especially if you're just doing a 10 second cameo. I, how do you feel about media going into it now? Clearer picture for sure. Right. I, I think that it's largely, I think that tonight does set up some, I think that they're going in a in a better direction right now on the okay. SmackDown side. Raw has largely like you can see where everything is going. I think there's less um, there's less changes going on on the Raw side. It seems like they're locked in. Like you know, we we've known forever that we're getting Brock and Drew, Charlotte and Ripley, Undertaker and AJ, something with Rollins and Owens, whether it's a singles or a tag match. Um, 
what else are kind of the, the big programs that we have on raw at the moment i guess you gotta figure stuff out for like ray and like those level of guys but i i would say thus far it's i wouldn't say it's like um a 10 out of 10 but i think it's it, they've got the building blocks for right. I, I think this goldberg reigns program a lot hinges on if this thing connects with people and it's and it's pers- and it's believed to be and taken as a dream match do you start that tomorrow I think you have to. I would I would actually announce it tomorrow that the yep. match is happening. For me, like the biggest thing that can I think hold WrestleMania back from maybe what is what what is the potential card right now is just the addition of too much filler. Like if they cram that thing into like seventeen, sixteen matches, it's just gonna water yeah. any sort of attractive, you know, card that they already have. Well, you know you're getting a marathon show. Yeah. Like that's and just that's, that's the case. But tomorrow night has to lead up to Elimination Chamber, right? And we're going to get two Elimination Chambers matches, right? So Three. Three? That might be changing. So there may be... I My understanding is that there's going to be two Chamber matches. Right. And they probably... I would assume we'll know them tomorrow. And Reigns is going to be coming out of one of them. Uh, we're assuming, right? Depending on, on who they put in these, these Chambers. Yeah. Um, it seems like... Even though they were teased last week that they've, they've made some changes of like what the the chamber matches are going to consist of uh, beyond like there will be the Raw women's match that right. they've announced. And it sounds like another one on SmackDown, which I think we'll probably know Friday night. Men or women's. Um, there will be one on SmackDown. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that's going to wrap things up. So thanks to everybody for listening. All of our calls, including WH Park. Always great when we can uh, catch. This is perfect for him during his lunch hour. Yeah. So Thursday night prime time. Works and thank for you to WH. everybody in the chat room. We have a lot of people in here. Uh, well, shout out to Kendall. Shout out to Roger Bruhaven, Andrew, Chris. Chris, sorry we couldn't get to your call. Please call back uh, when we do the hangout again uh, at a later time. Or uh, this weekend on the uh, AEW Revolution post show that John and I are going to do live for uh, all double double plus patrons. So you could, as I hope uh, to see all of you guys again and uh thank you all for being in the chat room and watching us live yeah saturday morning rewind to smackdown saturday night uh revolution post show so two shows from us uh patrons get rewind to smackdown and then yeah double double plus will be live for on saturday night you watching revolution uh the next day i think all right mike thank you so much for joining us always great when you uh make time to join us here in in the post office and that's it everyone thank you for hanging out